everybody, and welcome to West New York Brews. My name is Scott. I'm a home brewer just outside of Buffalo, New York. And on this episode, we're talking carbon dioxide, CO2, uh, something that I use in my brewing, or I should say in my kegging, and I know very little about. So I uh, contacted Irish Propane, Irish Carbonics, to talk about, uh, it's Irish companies, they're they have headquarters in Buffalo, in Rochester, I think in Ohio too, about uh, CO2. So when you're out and about and you you see somebody's draft system and you see the CO2 tank, it seems like, and it might not be true, but it seems like nine times out of 10 in this area, it's a large yellow tank that says Irish in green and has a four-leaf clover on it, which is Irish uh, companies out of Buffalo here. And I talked to Pamela Irish Bronchi, the president at Irish Companies, about CO2. I had a lot of questions about where CO2 comes from, uh, what are the different grades, is there a beverage grade, is there something that's uh, more industrial, like if I go and get it filled at a welding place, is it different than the CO2 that I'm getting uh, specifically for, for beverages? Things like that. Things like that. So we will get into that interview in just a moment. I want to let you know that we are still a member of the Hopped Up Network, which is a beer podcast network of independent beer podcasters across the country talking about their local beer scenes. And you can find all the other shows at hoppedupnetwork.com. I'm going to play you something right now from one of them. If you are looking for more beer podcasts, just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. On the Pints and Provisions podcast, we discuss the ins and outs of beer, brewing, and breweries in addition to all those crafts that pair well with beer, such as bourbon, coffee, food, and cooking. Join Evan, Ryan, Mark, and Dan on each episode where we discuss those crafts we love to imbibe. Here's a clip. I don't. I, I've got four full glasses over here. I need to figure out my glass <laughs> and, situation and you're, and before I pour this. You're the one so asking for more glasses. Yeah, he was. He was <laughs> the one next? that said, "What's next?" Well, there's a bunch sitting out. I thought maybe. Uh, I thought. I, I thought we were going to get those going, but. We are proud members of the Hopped Up Network, where you can find all our episodes. And also look for us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Cheers. So once again, check out all the other shows at hoppedupnetwork.com. Now, I have been reading uh, the podcast reviews that people have been sending in, and I've been catching up on old ones. So if you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, please do so on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find it. Uh, and it helps the uh, podcast rank in iTunes. So when people search things like homebrewing, hopefully it comes up for them. I'm going to read this one from May 28th, 2016. So that's a while ago now. For the average beer drinker who wants some education to the experienced homebrewer, this show has a covered knowledgeable host. Keep it up! Exclamation point. Uh, and that's by Jim Harshaw. So thank you, Jim. Uh, from the USA back on March 28th, 2016. So if it's a, a positive review or if it's a negative review, please uh, review in whatever podcast catcher you're using to listen. And lastly, before playing this interview, uh, the next podcast episode, which is going to be out in two weeks, I mentioned on Twitter, which you can find at, at WNYBrews on Twitter, that 
Uh, people have been asking about the podcast, so I've been putting some more work into it lately. So I did. I did a bunch of recording. I did a bunch of video recording. And this is the first of uh, the episodes released on a Tuesday. So I'm trying to do a Tuesday episode, a Tuesday video, a Tuesday episode, a Tuesday video, a Tuesday episode, and so on. The videos you can find on youtube.com forward slash Bruce. So we will have a video next week, and then the week after that, we're going to be talking to Lily Bell Meads about Meads. But since this is coming out uh, mid to late October, this episode, I want to let you know that Lily Bell Meads has a uh, Halloween costume karaoke party on October 27th. So if you want more information for that, check out Lily Bell Mead on Facebook or on their website and look for their uh, Halloween karaoke night because it seems like it would be pretty cool over there at Lily Bell Meads. So this is Pamela Irish Bronchi from Irish Companies talking about CO2. And please excuse the sound quality on the interview. It was recorded over the phone and I was trying a new app, so I'm not sure how it came out. But I'll talk to you again after this really interesting conversation about carbon dioxide. Thank you very much for uh, agreeing to talk. And I'm talking to... Pam from Irish. Are you a member of the Irish family? I am. Uh, so how long have you been working at Irish? Oh, gosh. I started when I was in college, so it's been a very, very long time. Um, I think I started probably in the 70s. And how long has Irish been around? Uh, we started out as a coal business in the uh, 1920s, and we oh are a fourth-generation business. So not doing carbonics at all, starting in coal? Yes, we did. We started in coal. Wow. Yes, so, it was one of the, and at around World War II, um, the coal business kind of uh, fell down and uh, wasn't uh, very profitable because uh, everybody was converting their homes to um, natural gas heat. So as a necessity, um, we um, reinvented ourselves. And uh, Bob Irish was the person that was responsible for this reinvention, and uh, he was very um, started out in the welding business and then added on the propane, and then we went into the carbonic and fountain surface business. And you've been providing uh, CO2 to Buffalo ever since. Yes, we have. Excellent. So I know very little about CO2. I, I use it in my homebrew. And uh, I had a couple of people ask me questions, and I thought, I have absolutely no idea. Um, and I think that's, that's probably true about most people, knowing very little to nothing about CO2. Uh, so I guess the first question is, uh, where is CO2 sourced from? Is it something you harvest? Is it something that's created? Well, it's very interesting because there are plants that are called air separation plants, and um, nitrogen, oxygen, and argon are naturally occurring gases that come from the atmosphere, and so mm -hmm. we have these big plants all over the country uh, where they separate the air. CO2, on the other hand, is actually a byproduct of other production plants. So, for example, you may have heard a lot about ethanol plants. Uh, ethanol a big source of CO2 currently. Um, ammonia plants also and some other, you know, industrial applications have, you know, uh, CO2 as a byproduct. But the big ones, especially for our business, is ethanol plants. Okay, so it's it's like a naturally occurring byproduct and then it, it gets shipped off and sold. So a lot of, for example, corn in the Midwest is being sold um, and used in the ethanol and that's in the production of gasoline. And then the CO2 is a byproduct of that production. And so then they um, are able to use the CO2 for other purposes. So then 
when it gets to you, you're purchasing from a distributor then, presumably? Uh, yes, we purchase from companies that are sourcing their CO2 from ethanol. So is there a difference between what you're getting and what somebody who's, who's selling it for primarily welding is getting? Well, there are different grades of CO2, and okay. um, there are actually nine grades of purity. And so I could probably give you the listing of those. Um, I, I'm curious if you've got it. Yeah, sure. And this is in descending order of purity. You have research grade. You have supercritical fluid grade. Then comes laser. Then there's anaerobic. And the next one is beverage, which is the one that we sell. And below that is food. And then bone dry, medical. And then the last one is the industrial. And that's the one that you would probably see in just typical welding companies that are selling, you know, just welding grade CO2, it's called. And that, that particular one is 99.5. Our beverage rate is 90, 99.9%. And then you might ask, well, why would something like a research grade be higher than that? But uh, right. CO2 is sometimes used in applications like for welding with laser and very precise instrumentation or some, um, you know, for biological type things where they have really delicate equipment and then it has to have a, you know, really high purity. Otherwise, it causes a problem with the process of the way the, the um, equipment works. And so that's why you do have some higher grades. But for ours, um, we're pretty much regulated by the federal government and we do it according to their standards. And, and ours is called beverage grade. For beverage grade. And if you're getting it somewhere where it's just a... Uh a welding shop primarily, they obviously, they wouldn't be regulated by the government for food or beverage, correct? Well, and what you would have to do is you'd have to ask if they have food grade. Okay. Because that, that is not their primary focus, so you're correct on that. That's scary, because I <laughs> think of what if I drank? <laughs> Dealing with someone or a company that is kind of their focus is on beverage, or that they do have beverage products. And, and you know, there are some welding companies that, you know, uh, do have a focus on that, so you just have to ask them. It's something you know that you should make sure that that's what you are getting. Okay, so then I've I've heard people talk about beer gas. What is beer gas in comparison to CO two? Okay, well, beer gas is a blend of carbon dioxide and nitrogen. Okay, and the you know we have three blends that we use. For example, uh, we have a um, one is called, it's kind of called a Guinness blend, and it's a 25% CO2 with a 75% nitrogen. Then we have another one that's recommended by the Brewers Association, which is a 70% CO2, 30% nitrogen. And then we also have one that's very common, and um, it, was, it still seems to be very prevalent in the industry, um, and, you know, commercially with restaurants and bars, etc. And that's a 60% CO2 and a 40% nitrogen. And um, even though the Brewers Association recommends the 70-30 blend, it seems um, from what I've seen and also in talking to companies that actually do nitrogen generation equipment, that they're still seeing that 60-40 being very prevalent in the industry for some reason. Um, so that's, those are the ones that we do sell. And um, uh, I should also mention, too, that it, besides this, we also we deliver bulk CO2 to restaurants, which is kind of an interesting sidebar for not for the home brewer necessarily, but our you know our restaurants accounts, um, if they they can also choose to use a nitrogen blender or a nitrogen generator uh, with their bulk hmm. tanks, and then what that does is instead of them getting a nitrogen mix, they actually have equipment that blends the CO2 with the nitrogen. Uh, so that's another option when you're a large user, and of course in home brewing that's not something that you necessarily need, and and uh, 
the main reason for the blends and um, I, would be that um, it's very um, effective in using nitrogen for these longer runs. Okay. So what happens is um, the distance from the keg to the faucet is an important factor in choosing your gas that you're going to use. And long draw systems, uh, like you typically find in restaurants and bars and nightclubs, they require a pressure of more than 13 psig uh, to get the beer to the faucet. And uh, so, therefore, the nitrogen is very useful because um, if you're using 100% CO2 for the beer systems on the long runs, the beer becomes overcarbonated and foamy. So you add the nitrogen, and it's helpful because it is 80 times less soluble than CO2, and it has no color, no taste, and no smell. And what the uh, nitrogen does is it provides the extra push without carbonating the beer. Now, in home units, that's probably not an issue because you've got a short run. But in these uh, very large places um, where they have longer runs, um, you know, from where the beer cakes are located to where they're actually dispensing it, that's where it really comes in, into play and is very useful. Okay, so you you sell all of them. Which one, if I came in and just said, can I have my my five-pound tank refilled, which one are they generally going to refill it with? They're going to, well, first of all, your tank is specific, and the ones that home brewers have are CO2 cylinders typically. They're five-pound CO2 cylinders for most common ones. And that has a special fitting on it, so you're only going to get CO2 in that type of a tank. You have to actually ask for a nitrogen tank because the ones that we use for blends, we have them with the nitrogen valve on them. And in the industry, you have different valves for different gases so that you're, um, you know, you have a safety uh, factor in there so that you can't fill um, something with the wrong gas. And so the blends, we always have our, our nitrogen uh, valve on those just so that everybody is aware of the fact that that's a special gas. And we, we, we are able to do it for home brewers. Um, however, you would have to use the nitrogen valve on, on the cylinder rather than what typically you see in home use. Okay. I, there's so much information here. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, so then I've come up to Irish before for CO2, uh, propane, and for dry ice. Is there anything else that you sell that you think would be useful to, say, a home brewer? Well, the thing is that we, we have beer parts, and we have things like regulators, faucets, couplers, and we have beer line. Um, and we also have... That. Uh, yeah, and, so, and our company does beer cleaning and also beer install. So um, we have a lot of people that are knowledgeable about beer. And so the one thing I'd, I'd say that with our company is that we're happy to help customers um, with their questions on their uh, proper operations with their beer systems. And, you know, sometimes they may have issues uh, with their system. And so, you know, we're happy to have when they come in if they've got questions. Um, you know, our uh, dispatcher and um, our technicians, you know, are happy to give them some advice on what they have. And frequently it might be something to do with... Um, Oh, for example, um, how to check for CO2 leak and how to replace or clean lines. Uh, so it's really nice to have uh, them be able to talk to an experienced technician or person when they're having trouble with their home systems, and that's the one thing that we're, you know, we're happy to do for customers. Excellent. Then, that, yeah, that's all my questions. Thank you. Can you talk about, uh, I've read on the website that it's a women-owned company and women-run company? Yes, we are. Um, we are the, uh, as I mentioned, we're a fourth generation business. Um, I'm actually one of the third generation. And uh, so we had um, all girls in our family. So we have a lot of women in, awesome. <laughs> in our business uh, because of the fact that, you know, we had all girls in our family. 
<laughs> it's extremely friendly whenever I go in there, too. It's really nice. On um, uh, oh, the uh, Clinton Bailey Food Terminal is where you can find it, correct? Yes, we're kind of back, situated way back, but once you go through the uh, to the driveway and you drive your way back there, you can see the sign. Uh, we're actually at the rear of the uh, terminal, and uh, so... We, we love having people come in and, uh, uh, you know, we enjoy um, helping them out. That's what we're, we're a service business and we, um, you know, find that, uh, you know, having the technical expertise in a lot of the areas of things we sell, we, we do fountain syrup for restaurants. So, you know, mm-hmm. we do know a lot about carbonation and a lot of um, about dispensing and equipment repairs, things like that. So, um, and the person, the dry ice customers like to come in and, uh, you know, buy dry ice because you can't get that in many places around our area. So we're happy to help people with that. And, you know, sometimes people even come in and, uh, you know, we do have the beverage end of it. So that's something that, you know, uh, we have Loganberian gallon jugs and other, you know, some of the other flavors that um, wouldn't necessarily need a carbonator and expensive equipment for dispensing. So we also have that available. And um, all things like sour mix and Bloody Mary mix, um, items like that, that um, people might be interested in uh, when they stop in to see us. Excellent. Hey, thank you for talking today. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it. It was great talking to you, and I'm glad to hear that everybody's been friendly and helpful because that's what we like to be doing for Oh, yeah. So once again, thank you to Irish Companies, and thank you again to Pamela for her time and her knowledge and taking the time to kind of work me through uh, CO2, which I, I knew practically nothing about. Uh, so I didn't even know where to start when asking the questions, but uh, tried my best. And that's the same with Meads. On the next episode for Lily Bell Meads. I, I know very little about it, and I made sure that they knew that. And they walked me through a lot of things. Uh, I asked a couple of questions like, all right, slow down. What did you just say there? Because I have, like, no knowledge. I've made one mead, uh, and it came out good. I liked it. I want to do it again. So uh, that's that inspired me to reach out to them at Lily Bell Meads. Again, they're in the village of Lancaster. Check them out. Look for that episode in two weeks. You can find this podcast on YouTube next week, youtube.com forward slash WNY Brews. This is a big video, the video that's coming out uh, on Tuesday, October 30th. It is the RoboBrew versus the Grainfather video. I made a review of the RoboBrew and I couldn't do so without comparing it to its more expensive, um, I, I wouldn't call them sister units because they're not, I can't imagine that they're friendly. You know what I mean? The two companies uh, are producing practically the same thing uh, with some significant differences, but the general idea between both of them is the same. So that's the the episode coming out next week on October 30th, and I've already recorded over an hour of video. I'm going to get that down to about 20 minutes to 30 minutes. So that is on October 30th, the review, the the ultimate comparison between the RoboBrew and the Grainfather, and a review of uh, the RoboBrew. So that is next week, and then I will talk to you about Lily Bell on, what's it going to be, November 6th, November 5th, whatever that next Tuesday is, and I'll see you every Tuesday after that, hopefully. Uh, If you have anybody that you want to hear from, if you have anyone that you think should be a guest, please let me know. Scott at WNYBrews.com. Check out the website, the YouTube, the Twitter, wherever. Reach me wherever you need to reach me, and let's get some great episodes going. So this, once again, is You Can't Buy Beer With Condolences by the Rearview Ramblers, and I will talk to you on YouTube 
next week. Because you can.